What is the title of the message today? Big Impact. And the reason I didn't give it the full title because the little pieces of paper that I write on to give the title to these guys, they're, they're all about that big now. So all could fit in there was Big Impact. And so we're probably going to get, until I get some longer pieces of paper, that's probably going to get some short titles here. 37 years ago today, we started this house. And I can tell you that in my time here, I have abounded. I have abounded. God has blessed me. He's blessed me in all kinds of ways. I got to tell you, I've been blessed financially. I've been blessed relationally. I've been blessed with just the abundant life of Christ in, a, in the way that in my mind being free. But I got to tell you, also have been humbled. I've been praised. And we call this praise church. You remember that? I've had people praise me. But I've also had been highly criticized. I've seen people come to this house and I've seen them go from this house. And it, 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 that is difficult for me. I heard a, a guy one time quote his pastor who said, look, what you need to do, be happy, is get rid of all the bad people in your life. Well, the problem with that is I don't think that's scriptural. If you just get rid of all the negative people in your life, well, guess what? You're probably going to have to get rid of yourself. But I don't think God's called us to, to quit loving those that aren't very lovable. I don't think the doctor should not go visit those that are sick. Because when it comes right down to it, if somebody has that attitude, they're worse off than the person they think is bad. Well, we're just going to get rid of all the bad stuff and all the bad influence, all the, all the negative people. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, seen, I've seen people come through this house, and I've been accused of me letting them take advantage of me. They take advantage of me. I do it because I love them. You can't take advantage of me when I help somebody financially. Are you kidding me? It's the most selfish thing I've ever done financially. Because I know if I, lend, if I give to the poor, Yahweh lends me. That wasn't a gun. That was a smart. You see this hair? You'd be black. You folks have turned it bright, white. But I would like to think that it's the glory of God. Reflecting like Moses been to the mount. I've been with people and we have laughed our faces off. And I have laughed so hard I've cried. And I've cried so hard I've laughed. I have been hated. Like David said, I'm, I'm for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. But I have been, oh, have I been loved. And I've been loved. I've been misunderstood. I said, if, if you're mad at me now when you misunderstand me, just wait till you understand me. <laughs> then you're really going to be mad. I've been ridiculed. If you only knew. But I've been embraced and I've been appreciated. Don't excuse me for talking about me this morning. But I'm the one talking. And I know more about me than I do anybody else. And I'm glorifying God. And the fact is, I ain't done. This house ain't done. I've been told it was done when it first started. They told me you're off the bets. The prophet said, the prophet said it won't last six months. Of course, they're gone. They're not committed to a place. They're not committed to a to a uh, to build an ecclesia outpost here of the gospel in this pagan world where people can come. They don't, they don't have a, a place that's heralding the true gospel. They, they didn't commit to life as a father. They're gone. 
here we still stand, found out that they were wrong. I remember when church officials, the denomination, turned me, they, they, they wouldn't let me start a church. I wasn't allowed. I mean, why? So I turned in my resignation, and you know what they told me? We receive your resignation with prejudice. I was young, you know. I thought that meant they hated to do it. Did y'all know that with prejudice means they're glad to do it, and they don't want you to ever come back, pretty much? And we're real mad about it. I think, well, they're pre they, don't, they did it with prejudice. They don't really want to, but they will. I loved it when I used to think like that, real dumb, dumb like that. What are you talking about? They love me. Sometimes it's good to be dumb. I know by experience. Said that this work was illegitimate? Well, I'm going to tell you what I found out they were. Even what they preached and believed. All the way to the core of a bastard of the tares that were sown among the truth seed. They were the hirelings of. That's what they said. But doop-de-doop-doop -doop -doop here. Just went ahead and did what God said. This ain't no bastard house. This has a pure seed and has a spiritual father, and he ain't going nowhere. He's here to raise those kids. He's not absentee. He ain't nothing. It's here. You come dinner times here. Every Sunday we're right here, and every Wednesday we're right here. I got to tell you, the mighty hand of Yahweh is at work today in this place. Those angels that have been assigned to us that regulate the purpose of Yahweh on the earth is regulating us. Not only the destiny of nations are under the power and control and the influence of those angels, but this house is under the control of the divine power and purpose and will of God Almighty, El, the uncreated one. This unseen force determines the divine plan, and it unfolds, and, and it comes as God sees fit. That don't mean we don't do nothing. How many of you know that? that we, our, our part has to be played. This assignment that the angel, that for me, in my mind, saw a glimpse of right here on Wednesday night because it was at that time that my whole life changed again. I hope it keeps changing, but I'm talking about this angelic presence that I got a glimpse of that I literally thought, I may lose people with this, I don't care. It might have been a dream, okay? I might have I had beans and while I was preaching here something happened. I don't know. I'm going to tell you what I believe happened. I felt like an a Amtrak freight train, high-speed train with a headlight came from right over there and was headed right toward me and pew, went by. I don't remember what we were preaching about. I don't know what was going on, but I know this. I fell under the power of God right there. I told people, I think that I could have gotten up, but I didn't have the desire to get up in order so I could get up. I laid there for a long time. Some, I wasn't aware. Maybe I was kind of not unconscious, but, but whatever. And I'm not, y'all know I don't glorify spooky things. But I laid there so long, Gloria Brinkley, somebody told me, she said, call 911. This angelic messenger came and heard the cry of, for the truth. A people who wanted the truth. A people who wanted their divine destiny. A people who were willing to pay everything and lose everything. Y'all hear what I just said? We can say that, but do we really mean it? That there was a pool of great price that we're willing to sell everything just to understand and have and know these things. That angel manifested to me in the sense that I believe there was a touch for this gospel, for my mind to be illuminated 
and for me to be able to receive things and to seek and to study and be able to fulfill the assignment from the uncreated one for not only just me personally, but for a ecclesia to be established, an assembling of others together who were called and now had the opportunity to be chosen because they had the right, right gospel. There are many called, but guess what? They get plugged into an American church and they never have the opportunity to qualify to be chosen. The potential of the calling is never fulfilled. It's like an athlete, maybe he's a superstar, five-star, whatever we call it, athlete. I mean, he, he could be most MVP, Heisman Trophy quality. But if he goes to work in the cotton mill, he can't fulfill his potential. And that's what's happened to people. Because the Spirit of God is pulling and calling people all the time. But they get distracted. And they'll be in that prison for 10, 20, 30, 40, sometimes for life. 40, 10, 20, 30, 40 years in prison of that lie. But most of them get sentenced to a life sentence of a false gospel. There has to be an assignment. This house has an assignment. I have an assignment. You have an assignment. Or you wouldn't be here. Some people have an assignment, they're not here. But I got to tell you this if there and where there is no assignment, where no assignment exists, let me tell you what your life is it ain't nothing but a gamble. And what's going to happen to you is life. Life will just happen to you. That ain't us, though. See, many don't recognize what I speak. There are a few people who do, they have ears. And not the tone of my voice, even though I, you know, it's amazing. I don't really care for the sound of my voice, you know, or the, or the, you know, uh, what do you call it, accent that I have, you know. I always tell people I want a British accent, so even if I'm stupid, I can sound intelligent. But when you're, you know, you're from Georgia, no offense to Georgia people, but when you're from Georgia, sometimes you don't like that right there, you know. It's like Jeff Foxworthy says, you don't want a, a redneck brain surgeon. What we gonna do is cut a hole top of your head, get a stick, and poke it down in there, because you sound ignorant. I don't really care, but I have people tell me, I know that voice. I can tell you scores of people say, I knew it was you when I heard you speak. Even though your hair is white, and people recognize the voice in the sense that the blessed ones, those with an assignment, can recognize the truth that's being spoken. They can recognize it as the word of God. It bears witness to their spirit. There's something that rings truth. Why? Because we are his sheep and we recognize his voice and we follow his voice. The majority of people in America and in the world are not in the sheepfold. They're in the goat yard. They don't recognize his voice. They're not the sheep of the true shepherd. They don't recognize the truth. You can tell them and you can show it to them and there's no doubt and they see it and they cannot admit it. They'll follow a stranger. They'll follow the wolves in sheep's clothing. They follow false leaders. They follow false doctrines. John 10 says this, though, in verses 5 through 7. But the true sheep, he says, a stranger they're not going to follow. and They'll flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spoke Yahshua unto them, but they understood not what things that he spake unto them. And then he said unto him, Very verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Let me tell you something about you. You ain't afraid of the truth. That's a beautiful thing. This house is not afraid of the truth. I can prove it. When I came in here 10, 12 years ago and said, ah, you know, there's some 
things I'd like to maybe talk to you about this morning, and I'm going to ask you to consider them. And if you don't agree with them, I surely understand. But, and I started the Hell series, and you heard that truth like I did. And it just rung true. And I will tell you what, you don't have to be spiritual for that to ring true. You just got to believe the Bible is what it says. It says, true? We're not afraid of the truth. Some of you watching me, you're scared of cats. Chicken. You're afraid of the truth. But it's that truth that sets us free if we allow it. See, a lot of people in their lives, what happens, we say, we, you know, we give it to God and all that. And the truth is, we have to trust Yahweh with that truth. But yet what we think, we think the truth is that if we get involved and manipulate, we can make things work better than Yahweh doing it. Can I tell you something? You're going to mess things up. True faith believes that prayer can do more than your intervention. Hello! I, I, okay, come on. All right, all right sit down. I'll talk to you. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. I'm going to get this right right here. And I'm talking about making things right and loving people. Without the truth, you cannot have real life because you'll be living a lie. And you can't have abundant life any other way. The true gospel is a pure seed. This gospel of the kingdom that we're declaring. And the Bible warned us that the time will come when people will not listen to sound doctrine or accurate teachings. Instead, they're going to follow their own desires. They're going to surround themselves with teachers who tell them what they want to hear. People who will refuse to listen to the truth, and they will return to myths. And we saw it historically. But I think we can see it even now in our own lives to where we will reject what God says, and we will believe something that we just make up to satisfy our own desires. The gospel preached today is nothing but a hybrid gospel. It's not a pure seed. What happened is it did not reproduce in the second generation I saw something, somebody posted on Facebook one time about this guy who had the, breast, the best wheat that there was, or corn. I forget which it was. And so what happened is he took the seed, that pure seed of the best corn, and gave it to his neighbors, all his neighbors. And they said, well, why would you do that? Isn't that competition? He said, no, because what will happen is if they're not having the same seed as me, a pure seed, and they have this hybrid seed, then it'll, it'll, it will come over into my field and cross-pollinate, and defile my pure seed. And that's exactly what happened years ago. In other words, if you're a country boy, let me tell you what that means. You're raising dogs, and you have a purebred mama, and a purebred daddy. And then while your female is in heat, somehow a mutt jumps over the fence, impregnates your prize-winning, purebred, bloodline animal, and what you get are baby mutts. I saw something one time about this man was selling his purebred dogs. They were chihuahuas. My mother bought a toy chihuahua. You remember Mama's toy chihuahua? What was his name? Buffy. Got it from Georgia, I think. Went up there to Georgia. You know, some guy on the street. Hey, man, I got a toy. Well, what he meant toys as you could play with, evidently. Because that dog is about this big. That's the biggest chihuahua I've ever seen in my life. Weighed about 40 pounds. Yeah, purebred. And that's what happened to the gospel. I've had my feelings of inadequacy. I told somebody recently, I said, listen, if I was Yahweh, I sure wouldn't have picked me for this. No, I wouldn't have picked me for this. 
I've had my own feelings of doubt, uncertainty. But that's the way I learned to trust in the strength of my Father. Trusting your Father should be something that you develop while you're young in the Lord. I learned to trust the power of that spirit word and the power of prayer. And through that, Yahweh has taught me how to lift myself up above my own abilities. To do things that are so beyond my abilities because I'm doing His will. Do things, do things that I thought I never, in fact, could do because it's impossible to do in my own strength. He has brought me to impossible situations. Say impossible. Impossible situations. And made it possible. You know, Yahweh, don't do anything quickly. True? It's a process. But you shouldn't be repeating the third grade six times either. I have learned that not only can I, but I will do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That don't mean that every, I don't have disappointing situations. Of course not. Personal ambition. Whew. Boy, it took me a while to get over that, believe it or not. Boy, I had ambition all over me. Whether true or not, I thought it to be so, and it was. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. And I'm like, hey, I've had people tell me that. Whatever their motive, pleasures of the world, I needed them. I wanted them because somehow it proved that I had some kind of value. That I'm not like my old friends were. I'm better than that. Let me show you. I'm, look what all I have. Look what all I'm doing. Look, I'm, I, you know, and that may, I mean, that's what the subconscious fact, the truth of the, and the catalyst of my life was. I didn't think it was. We talked about this, people's applause. <laughs> you tap dance. Oh, that's a great song. Oh, it's a great singing. Oh, you can do that. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. You're great. You're great. 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 It's great. This. Great. That. Great. That. And you know what? I found out this. I wouldn't live my life for God. I was living my life for other people. Because I, I gave a damn what they thought. I tried to get through the, today without that. But let me tell you this. I don't know how to say it any other way. Man, we, are, we, we care so much about what other people think. What kind of car I drive. What kind of thing. And listen, I think you drive nice cars. I'm not what I'm saying. Greed. Joel will tell you what a greedy guy I was. One time, he used to, when he was, I don't know how old he was. I was probably, I don't know, 63. And uh, <laughs> when we, you know, I was still living at home, and my, he was there, of course. And, and uh, he had my socks on, and he, had, he put some of my brood on. I flipped. I flipped out. And I can blame him on this, you know. I mean, I, paid, I started paying rent when I was 13 years old. You know, my daddy was skimming. I mean, he was, you know, when he, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy you your first car. They did it with my money. I was like, man, thank you. Wait a minute. Whatever the dynamic of that is, or the psychology of that, it doesn't matter. It's greedy, man. Hold on to it. I need this. I got to have that. Oh, got me. You know, I better protect that. I mean, I have, I have literally, as a child, gotten into a fight with a boy because he had my stick. And that was my gun stick that we played army with. And the next day he beat me to my stick and I beat him with my stick. <laughs> of course, I, I wanted to love life. I just want to love life. When the Bible says that's bad, like being rich, that's bad, difficult. And all of those things I learned were the enemies to my mind being transformed and renewed and the teaching of Yahshua and the changing, the regeneration of a man from glory to glory till one day I am born of the Spirit 
and there is no more flesh, but I am, I am spirit and body. People think we're just going to say abracadabra, bang. No, this is a metamorphic type of experience. We're being changed. If you're, if you're not in the process at that time, then what happens is if it's been aborted. And i got to tell you, for many years, there's times that I hear the pathetic whining and resistance when I tell people what they need to, need to die to and walk away from or give up. But guess what? That's what I have to do. You got to quit eating that sugar if you're a diabetic. Nobody wants to be told not to eat sugar. Does anybody here not want to eat sugar? I love sugar. It'd be like, well, Coach, the other day we were at Layla, last Sunday, I was at Layla's, Layla's uh, graduation. Whenever I start talking about people, people start saying, Coach just rose up right there. That's what graduation. I'm ahead. I'm in the spirit, honey. I'm up there. Yeah. Her birthday, her first birthday. I'm ahead of myself. And so there's this cake there. And Coach is standing there. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, man. I said, he said, you like that? I said, man, that buttercream icing or any other kind of sugar. <laughs> you know, I just get, I'll just get a handful of, of uh, pure sugar. Baby, oh, yeah, you bought candy corn, didn't you? How many of you know what that is? I think this is diet. I think it's the diet kind, though, right? Anyhow. So coach, I said, Coach, oh, yeah, that sugar, you know, I mean, I like me some sugar. I said, you like sugar? Yeah, I like chips. <laughs> yeah. But I got to tell you, you got to quit eating the chips. Who wants to be told quit eating chips? My God, why is all the healthy food horrible? Is it the truth? I'm, let me get off here just a minute. I got to get this out of my system. What the, what, what is the deal with it? What is the deal with all the tasty food is, is bad? That's sin nature. When I get my new body, oh, hallelujah, I'm going to get me some buttercream icing and celebrate on that day. Okay, okay I'm out. Look, I hear people whine about it. I ain't going to do that. I know, you got to quit that. I know, stop that. Oh, I know, got to come to church. Oh, tie, 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 give, give, give. Do, 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 do. Oh, you know, hey, that's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. I recognize that we're at the end of the Gentile age, man. <laughs> I've said to so many preachers, they ask me, they, what's that? <laughs> Forget it. It's nothing. Before Yeshua returns, I believe. There is going to be a restoration of the truth that the Gentiles perverted. The true gospel, because of this corrupting and the polluting of the true gospel. I'm going to tell you, most people don't even know or have even heard of the name Yahshua and don't know that that is the only name under heaven and earth whereby which men can be saved. You know what they believe? It don't matter. Okay? Well, give me the title to your house and put my name on it. No, that's wrong. It don't matter. Tell you what, give me, give me your, your bank account uh, card and put my name on it. No, you can't do that. Why? I thought it didn't matter. But the mentality of that and not to grasp the fact that the only way to have immortality is one name, it's hypocritical at the least. Part of our calling in this house 
is to be able to explain and herald these vital truths found in the Bible. Listen, you don't know this just for you. You know it for us to be a testimony and a lighthouse to a world and a place where people can come and know. We are the bride of Christ. How's that? It's on. We are the bride of Christ. This is a recording. Did y'all get my point? We're the bride of Christ. We are that faithful remnant that has been a spouse and is busying ourselves preparing for the coming marriage. And we're filling our hope chest with good works and our character. We're trying to please our husband to be Yahshua. We're maintaining our chastity. And we're not committing adultery with other things. We refuse to be enticed with any kind of unlawful associations with the world. So that when Yahshua comes to claim his bride for himself, it will be said of her this, his wife hath made herself ready. Her his wife has made herself. That's what we're doing. We're preparing a people. We're preparing a people. We're being prepared. Why? For the wedding. Can I tell you this? The, the, there's five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. You know why, you know why the, the difference in the two was and why these, were two were, these five were foolish? Because they allowed, listen, what they had to, to deplete. They allowed what they had, that all, to run out. We come here on Sundays and we gather around the table. We examine ourselves to see if we're living up to and if we're changing it to the image of Yahshua. And i got to be honest with you, I don't know that y'all still have that yet as something that's important and that it's really, it's not just a ritual. It can become a ritual. But while we're here, I want us to really, this coming year, to know that we're coming here and that you can't just do this from home. You, you just can't. There is a corporate presence that's here. There is that, you know, God does meet us here. I know God's everywhere. You know, it's just like God loves everybody. He loved everybody. He drowned in a general sense. So God is there everywhere generally. But no, he's here in, in not a general sense. In a specific place where he comes and you, and you are here and he will give you impartation. That I want to tell you what. And, and I respect all people who are in COVID problems, all that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you, you can't get the impartation via internet. But you can sitting right here. It's like trying to have a good marriage online. How I many of you know you find out that when you do dating.com or whatever those things are, harmony, harmonizing, harmony, whatever it is, you know, it, it, it just ain't the same as when you meet them. <laughs> I hope nobody says amen to that because that means you probably know. You've got to apply these actions and principles symbolized by the bread and the wine. What is the bread? What is the bread? Deny yourself. What's the bread? Deny yourself. What's the bread? Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. What's the wine? Serve God. What's the wine? Serve God. What's the wine? Serve God. What's the bread? Deny yourself. What's the wine? Serve God. What's the bread? Deny yourself. What's the wine? Serve God. Deny yourself. Serve God. There it is. Deny yourself. Serve God. Boom. In a nutshell. It's easy. It ain't complicated. Deny yourself. Serve God. When we come here, we deny ourselves. As long as you refuse to deny yourself, then you won't deny yourself, and yourself will have preeminence over you in every aspect of your life. 
It will, your flesh will continue to rule you even though you came down an old-fashioned altar one day and you came here and you cried before Jesus and gave your life and you sang, into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. You sang that song and guess what? If you ain't denying yourself and serving God, you have no communion with him. It's called communion. <laughs> I'm, I'm so enlightened. I gotta tell you this. I'm a man of vision. Proved it. I had Layla in the 12th grade already. I'm a man of vision. It's sometimes a, it's a horrible curse because I'm already practicing and rehearsing what I'm going to tell that cop when he pulls me over because I'm doing 80. Well, I'm just going to tell him this. Anybody like that? Imagination, men of vision, huh? You know, quit going 80. He's like, ha ha, you like that? I'm, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Tucker's up here, ha ha, yeah. Don't go 80. Why are you a man of vision, Johnny? Because I understand that where we're going is far more important than where we've been. Huh? I said, because I know that where we're going is far more important than where we've been. And where I've been has been very, 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 very important. But guess what? It ain't nothing to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Nothing. Nothing. Yahweh led the Hebrews through the wilderness. He led them by a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And I want to tell you what, I want to tell you this, and this may frustrate people with me. I'm sure it does. And, uh, but you need to understand it, and, you'll, and we'll, I think we'll get along a lot better. Having visions means you're never going to catch up with that cloud or the fire. What else? We, where else are we going? What else are you going to say? What else? I'm, I'm a man of vision. I'm never going to catch up with that cloud or that fire. I'm never going to until one day. And I think then I'll still be learning and knowing because it's the, the, the truths of Yahweh and Yahshua are unsearchable. They're inexhaustible. As I told you, I believe my best days and the things I've done by faith are not in my past. Are you hoping that? Dang, all right, I'm hoping that. That's just hope. You can't have faith without hope. Oh, I got hope. You hear me? I'm hoping. I'm hoping for you, I'm hoping for me. I'm hoping for a lot of things. I got a lot of hope. But I'm not a prisoner of that hope because I also believe and I know it, that's what brings what God has birthed inside of me. See, God put this thing inside of me. The desire of my heart about you and about this ain't my desire really. It's Yahweh's desire that he made me responsible before. It's his baby in me, a seed that he's impregnating me with. And he said, now you birth this thing and then I want you to take care of it. So the desire, you know, Yahweh gives us the desires of our heart. What that is, is his desire. He gives us the desires for our heart. I don't, he, don't, I don't, he don't give me the desires of my heart. Now, he does in a limited sense. But if, you're, if you have desires that are contrary to his desires, I promise you, he won't give them to you. Unless he's going to say, okay, go for it. Okay, okay, Israel, y'all want a king? There it is. This revolution, this thing that happened, prophesied for hundreds and thousands of years, was birthed in the, out of the belly of two women. Talked about Zacharias last week. Man, I, this is my introduction, y'all. I am never going to get done with my message. True Ecclesians don't care how long the message is. Oh, that, that went on there. <laughs> Had a vision. 
<laughs> I have been known to magnify my own efforts and sacrifices for the truth. Hallelujah. Y'all know what I've given up for God? Everything. But you know what I've done? You know what I've sacrificed? Oh, Johnny. Yeah, what I could have done. I didn't have to stay in Slocala. Well, Sloke, I should say. Get it? Oak, Sloke, Slocala. Get it? Okay. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't, I'm just doing this for God. Yeah, I just poured out. As a drink offering him all the fame I would have had. And the millions and millions of fans worldwide. And the millions and millions of dollars that I would have made. I've done. I've laid my life down. Man, I can tell you. I've paid the cost. Oh, God. Hallelujah. And we magnify our efforts. Until I read these little stories in the little book of Acts about the suffering of the early apostles that made me feel embarrassed and humbled. You know what, man? I gave, I gave, I gave time. I gave time this week. Oh, persecution. Oh, the persecution. Oh, I tell you what, I had to keep my mouth shut and not tell somebody how I really felt. Oh, pray for me. I'm just in such trials and torment. Listen, I read about these guys. I'm embarrassed to even say anything about anything about my suffering life. But I've given up. It's humbling. I mean, Apostle Paul had plenty to boast about, man. I mean, you know, he wrote most of the New Testament. He went to prison. He got beaten. He got, this, he got scars. Look at this one. I mean, he, you know what I'm saying? I know emotional scars hurt. But none of us have yet had to take physical stars, scars for the gospel's sake because that hurts too. Sometimes we get over our emotional hurts while somebody's giving us some, some butt whipping. Well, listen. Guess what he did? He changed his name from Saul. You know what the word Saul means? Appointed by God. I got friends that ch literally changed their God-given family name to something like Arius. Or some kind of Greek god. And now, now listen, there's, I know a bunch of guys now. <laughs> and they don't know the gospel. They don't know the true gospel. What they've been preaching don't satisfy them. So now they got a Star Wars gospel. And they all have like these Star Wars names. It ain't apostle this no more, man. They're way, they're galactic years from that. They're Star Wars names. They, and they change their hairdos and stuff. And, you know, it's like Klingon and Spock. You know, uh, my name is Spock. What, you, what is it? Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> you better. Woo, Johnny. Each saint from change, Saul appointed to God to Paul, which means little. Everybody said, man, Paul was a little guy. He's a little, little stature, just a little bitty old guy, just a, you know, a little people. He's just a little short guy with a complex. No, he changed his name from appointed to little. Because he knew in the comparison of who he was, he was nothing. And nothing but honored to be able to serve the living God. He said this, listen to this. He didn't say, I'm the shortest of all the apostles. He said, I'm the least of all the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle. That's an attitude. I said, that's a mindset. That's the truth is what it is. It think more highly of himself. See, Yahweh purpose is for the Christ, the, the anointed, the, the, the life 
a body to come into to maturity in you. For you to mature, for you to mature into a son of God who matures and changes into a God. And I know people, you have people that love that now, people hate that now. You said, yeah, it's when you're a son of God, that makes you a God. Little g, not uncreated one, not, there's only one of those, by the way. And we've been invited into the, listen to this, brotherhood of Yeshua. To be made one like unto him. Son of God. Sons of God. So this process happens. It's a maturing process. And what this is the worst thing that happens. And it is part of our human nature. How many of you know, know, my daddy used to say this all the time. I said, man, I want that. He said, no, son, you only want it till the beauty wears off. And I'm like, no. When you get older, you find out when you can have things and you get things. You know, if you want something, you just buy things. Guess what? You just want it. You know, it, it, it just don't hold your attention much anymore. Next, we'll trade it. We'll get another one. We'll do that. We'll do this other. Some people do it with wives and husbands. I've never heard this. I think this is the truth. When you first get married, you go through a honeymoon phase. Anybody been through the honeymoon phase? Yeah, you have. I love you. I love you too. Mm, oh, yeah. Oh, come here. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it don't last long. I think phase is a true word. It's all of a sudden, reality's going to set in, and you're going to have to deal with the real deal. I think I lost you. <laughs> the real deal. And now what it is, now you go from lust to love. Because lust ain't committed. Lust is over when you're done. Once you get what your desire is, <sighs> I'm not staying the night. I knew how to get y'all. Y'all hear me? I'm not staying the night. What? what? You said you loved me. Yeah, I did. I did. Five minutes I loved you. I don't love you anymore. That's what lust is. It comes to an end. Love, it stays committed no matter what. It's there for the long haul. And guess what it does? It never thinks bad of the other. And even when they deserve it for being stupid and stubborn and mean and hateful and vindictive and all that, guess what? We have to draw on that love that we've made a commitment to. You hear me? There ain't no love without a commitment. Anything without a commitment, I'm talking about a commitment, commitment, anything like that. It ain't love, y'all. You can think, oh, he loved me. No, he didn't. He loved him. He loved him. She loved her. She loved you. They didn't love you. If they did, they would still be with you because love never fails. Now, the exceptions to that, maybe. You know, if some, if one, somebody's beating the other person and whatever, you know, he just, he just loves to beat you. He don't love you. Well, that's the thing with, listen, this, this is going to be the biggest thing. And I tell people this over and over. The biggest thing here is one, you're going to say, you're going to think this is like a honeymoon. We're coming to get the gospel. You know, people coming. Man, all this stuff right here, I want to tell you, the, it's the word of God. Johnny, you're a man of God. You're the greatest, but blah, 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 this, this gospel and blah, 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 blah. I'm never going to leave here. And guess what? Honeymoon's over. And, it, and the honeymoon might last a week. It might last two weeks. It might last two years. A honeymoon can last 20 years. 
Or the honeymoon's over and we get tired of having to put up with a marriage, so to speak. And listen, there's not one person here exempt for this. I'm going to tell you what. Who are you talking about, Johnny? Me. You apply this to you, you any way you want to. But there's been many times that I wanted to be done. I'm done. I'm done. And there's only one problem. Because of the assignment of God, there's no repentance for my calling here. So if I quit and move away, the only way I'm ever going to get right with God and truthfully repent, I'm going to have to come back here. Look, I said, heck, I've already got a building here. There's already some people that come. we got chairs. we got a sound system. Why would I be so stupid to leave knowing that I'm going to have to come back and let somebody else get my field that's producing? Why would I want to sell this to somebody after we've labored years in this field and, and get all the benefits that we, are, we already have? That's stupid. It's just like a man who wants to get rid of his wife and then finds out somebody else wants her. Now he wants her back. Some of you women, you say, man, I don't know my wife, my husband. Well, he's closer to you having him trained than he was five years ago. Have some hope. Have some hope. That honeymoon phase gets over, man. Then, then, then you know, now it's, now it's the real deal. Now we've got to work out our love. We've got to work out our love that we have. We go, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? It's in every relationship. And that's how it's how it's been here. And we have to renew that love. And that love is, of course, you want to, you listen, I'm all for expressions of love. But bottom line, bottom line is we have to be committed whether anybody shows us love or not. Because our love should be, we should never need a reciprocation. Even though love needs one and wants one, we can't allow somebody else's actions to prevent us from giving them love actions. Are you with me? All right, watch this. Only time and the only way we can come to maturity is through the operation of the giftings and callings of God in this house. And I'm going to say multi-membered numerous. What I did years ago is I've overhauled the pastor congregation model. And what I've been trying to do is shift to a uh, assembling of the members uh, model. But a lot of times we get so consumed with our own little problems that we neglect the assembling of ourselves here. And I got to tell you something. Listen to me. Some of our problems personally will never go away until we start solving somebody else's problem. Y'all hear what I just said? We're so focused on our problems that we're so invested in us and me. I got to get me right. I got to get my right life right. I got to do that. And that's fine. We got to do that. I got to, I got to help me that what we do, if we'll just understand that, that you can't supply life to yourself and you can't receive life to, from yourself. But if you will give life, then you'll receive life. Ephesians 4, 16 says it this way. He makes the whole body fit together and unites it through the support of every joint as each and every part does its job, he makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. In the day that we live, as the tares of wickedness are coming to maturity, I hope to God that the tares of righteousness are coming to maturity. Amen? Because what's going to happen, then the angels will come and they will separate. Let me tell you about a great ecclesia. I'm committed to this. I'm committed to let you fail. But I am not committed, and I will never let you be a failure. Because we're going to fall. We're going to stumble. I'm committed to that. I'm going to tell you. you know, I, I'm committed to things that you 
fall down in and struggle with and all that. For all you here today, listen, I can tell you this. There's not one person that hasn't done that. There's not one person in this church that hadn't failed. What I always try to do is when people leave or get mad or they fall or whatever it is, I try to make sure that I don't do something or say something or act a way that makes it more difficult for them to, if they want to come back. I don't, same way in our relationships with people. If, even though they may do us wrong or something, if, if your relationship to them is more, and loving them is more important than how they, whatever they've done to you, then you'll leave it to where it's easier for them to come back. It's easier for your spouse to say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. But when we react to what something they did, then there's a whole other dynamic you have to deal with there. How many of you know that's true? That's when I start believing in demons again, jokingly. We'll let you fail. It's okay to fail, but we're not going to let you be a failure. You're not going to stay fail, falling. Come on, can somebody amen that. Can you say that, that you're committed, that we're committed to let people fail, but we're not going to let them be a failure? Can we say that as one today? Say yes. 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 I'm going to close with this, soft close. I preached a, year, a message years ago, and I was calling forth pillars for this house. Pillars in the house. Pillars, pillars, pillars. And I think I showed a picture of either Hiroshima, Hiroshima, if you're from Georgia, and Nagasaki, if you're who knows from where. But when the Americans bombed those two cities, at the center point of the blast, I mean, tall, multi-story buildings and everything was leveled. But we noticed in that picture that there were pillars still standing. You look over in Greece, the walls and, and all kind of things can be falling down in all those old buildings, but there's those pillars. And I was calling for pillars in the house, and we talked about it. And Johnny Johnson, I remember, came along and talked about lentils and doorposts, and it was, a, you know, it was just a word to us. And I look around us today after those years, and I see pillars in this house. I see pillars. What's a pillar? I told you then, and I want to revisit it for a minute or two. Somebody that walks the walk. Anybody want to tell me about the walk? It ain't easy walk. I say, walking the walk ain't easy. I say, well, I walk the walk. Well, what does that mean to you? Does that mean that you're perfect and you never do anything wrong or you don't mess up or you don't get discouraged or you don't fall down or you don't feel like quitting? Does that no, 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 no. That is the walk. And don't you ever forget that. I guess I don't walk the walk. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're walking it. Are you here today? You're walking it. It's hard to be here for most people. I feel like Yahshua sometimes. I'm a stumbling block of offense. Not like, not like Yahshua, really, but you know I'm for a point. And because they walk the walk, the characteristic of this person, these people, this body, they're empathetic. They put others first. They understand. How can I condemn somebody who ain't living up to where I might think I am when I've, I've been there? I know how difficult it is. One of my favorite songs, you know, Sawyer Brown. Well, I've been that road you're walking down, boy. I've been in those shoes, you know, about this road. See, I've been down that same road, son. I've been in those shoes. I've been there. Been there. A friend of mine told me the other day about his daughter was getting on to her daughter, which was his granddaughter, about something. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you not remember what you did when you were her age? That don't mean you don't bring correction and discipline. But we have this attitude somehow of, well, I can't believe you're there. Well, guess what? Until you believe that, you're going to, still, you're going to keep getting there too. Until you learn the lesson that you're there to help them 
get there. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we've, that's the walk. Don't ever get ostracized in your mind think, oh man, I'm just not making it. I'm like, guess what? <laughs> guess what? We're all crawling. We're all getting up there. We're, we're fighting the fight of faith. It's called a fight. You don't want to fight. Just start living in sin. You talking about something that'll take you farther than you ever want to go, cost you more you ever want to pay. And what's the third one? Keep you longer you ever want to stay. That's so you don't have to, you, you don't have to fight nothing. Boop. I like this one. Pillars never quit. Persecuted, not forsaken. Struck down, not destroyed. I'm talking with the Apostle Paul talking here. I've been in the bodies of stripes of my Lord. I've been beaten with rods. I've been in Hey, never quits. You may want to. You may think about it. But it, you don't quit. That's a pillar. Okay. Let's go. And if you will let us and not run, and not ostracize ourselves, and I'm talking about everybody in here because we have that potential. Guess what we can do? We'll help you. And guess you know, some people, there'll be some people that will get caught up in the crowd of us doing it that they're, they're worse off than you are, but guess what? They'll come in and help too. Hey. I mean, huh? Hey, I was playing golf with a guy the other day and he got a bad hip. <laughs> he, was, he played rugby in college. And he, he's, he's just messed up and he walked like this because that hip's so bad. And he, and he walked up on the green the other day talking on his cell phone, and this is what he said. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we, I'm like, oh God, what is wrong with that guy? Hey, some of us are walking, some of us come up here walking like this, baby. We don't, we're crippled. We've been hurt. We're knocked down. We, we're weak. No, come on. I'm not worthy to be there. Oh, come on. Help us. Because in your helping us, guess what? Listen to this. When you help somebody, when you're there and you help somebody here, guess what that does? It gets you that you get you there. So you just come on up here, help them. It's the easiest way to get from there to there, is when we help other people. You tell you what, a pillar understands ecclesia. They understand the calling, the purpose, the importance, the, the assembling, the team. However you want to say it, they understand it, and they understand the concept that people need you here. People need you to minister to them. And if we can, I hate to say the word minister, so serve them, help them, encourage them, strengthen them. And like I say, some people are just, they'll be, they'll be encouraged just because you're here. It, it will make them feel like, they'll make them feel like, hey, uh, you know, maybe this is really real. If they're struggling. The guy's been here 20 years, 30 years, 5 years. And look, there's hope for me. A pillar, man, knows he has to and she has to develop a positive attitude. We have to be compassion, tolerant, understanding, merciful. That we can't be fearful and scared and react over every drama and circumstances that we go through. My God, relax and know that He is God. And that He will deliver you. Just relax. And that takes time to get there. You can't be thin-skinned. I mean, that's a terrible disease. See, you can't be thin skin and pouty every time somebody looks at you. You've got to be brave enough, strong enough, believing enough, committed enough to say, no, come on. Yeah, no, no, you don't really think that about me. You love me. You love me. I know what you call me, but you don't really mean that. I think a real pillar in the ecclesia knows how to sit down and be quiet and let the universe just work instead of us fretting and doing the work. I was talking to somebody recently. I said, hey, the hardest thing I've had to do is 
Just let the universe work, basically. Just be quiet, sit here. Do I need to be doing anything? Do I need to have a campaign? Do I need to have another uh, retreat, a marriage getaway? Do I need to have a... Why, why do I, I need to do something, don't I? Do it? Yeah, why, why don't you just rest in me, son? Do what I say and let the universe work. Just sit down and be quiet. Which is a hard thing for me. Especially to be quiet. Can I live with the fact that this is, this is it? This is my portion. This is my assignment. This is what I'm called to do. Can I be satisfied with it? Yeah. I'm still learning at times because I've, I, you, ever, you ever thought about something in the middle of the night, you know, like the guy who, they'll leave, they'll leave the oven on. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'll be sleeping, you know, it's like, yo, 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 what do I need to do? You just need to do what I told you, be faithful to the assignment and be part of the great ecclesia unto the glory of Yahweh. And we also believe, and <laughs> in fact, no matter what it may appear to be to some, I believe we're called to make history. I believe we're called to make his story. I believe we're called to make history. And I believe we are called to impact this generation and those to come. Look at our babies coming up here to the treasure chest. Oh, that is the treasure chest. I'm going to preach that one day. The treasure chest. I bet I get a lot of views on that one. You know, I do have certain gifts and talents and no matter how meager or comparative to anybody else, it's irrelevant to me. God gave them to me. I'm not going to be judged by comparison to anybody else's abilities. I'm only going to be judged for mine. And he gave them to me for this purpose, this house. Is that enough, Johnny? Well, it used to not be, man. I wanted to have, you know, I, I mean, I, I go to other churches and preach, and I do my thing, and I get this revelation knowledge. And I had, that was revelation knowledge that was wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd go there, and, and I'd, I, man, they wanted me. I mean, that, that satisfied my, my suitcase man so much that they wanted me. Oh, we come. We come preach. Oh, oh man, just do this. Oh, Johnny, do that. We do, but Johnny, do that. So one day I said, I ain't doing that no more. I'll never forget the last time that I went, was asked to preach at a friend of mine's church. And I guarantee you, I could go preach on a Wednesday night and make five to $7,000 easy. And that may not be much to most of y'all, but it was to me. Extra five or seven thousand dollars, whenever. Hey, we come preach up, you know. And it was only you know, like an hour from here. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Last time I went there, I went and sang three songs and sit down. Weren't you with me on that night trip? That's it. We're gonna see, sing three songs, and that's it. And when I had the truth for them, they didn't invite me anymore. And this and this one friend of mine, who I love me very much, he was the first guy I went to. Said, <laughs> help. Because I think the, there's no burning hell. Help me. Please tell me somebody. Please. I said, is this, what do you think of this? And I started telling him what I've learned. You know, like, what, what, please tell me. I won't, this is career suicide. Will you tell me, please? He said, well, I don't agree with it. I said, man, what a mighty man of God of revelation knowledge. I said, no, I don't either. Help me, please. Have you ever studied on hell before? No. Have you ever like looked into it? How many times the word hell is written in the Bible? No. I think well, you're stupid. <laughs> you are stupid as me. In other words, you don't know. Well, these giftings. I found out this. You know what? My giftings are for this house. It's just my love is for that woman. No other woman. My love is for that woman. 
You know, it's, it's just a calling. It's this. My, this is, and if, if there's somebody other places or whatever, then okay, whatever. But, the, but I found out that this is the principal thing. For me to have a positive impact, a big impact on people manifested out of this because without this, I can't have an impact. I've come to terms with my part. I'm going to tell you a story. This is going to offend some people listening probably, but hey, not as bad as what when you do understand what I'm preaching, Will. I was in a preacher's conference. You've got to imagine, man, I was, I was beginning to transform into some things, and I was mad at myself, and I, and I was kind of mad at other people, and, I, and it wasn't their fault. It's kind of like being mad at your daddy when he was just a victim of his daddy. You know what I'm saying? How can you be mad at your daddy when he's a victim of, of his daddy and you're a victim of him? So I had to learn that my dad was human, and I couldn't just, you know, do it. Was, it was not right for me to be mad at him. So once I got over that, you know, it, so, but I was, it was in that transition of, you know, my Sunday school teachers and church I was brought up in and I went to Bible college and none of them took the time to find out what I was discovering that wasn't a hidden nothing. It wasn't hidden. So, you know, I'm at this pastor's conference and, you know, you know what it's about? Growth and finances. Growth and finances. Years ago, I was at McDonald's. I remember this was years ago. On Boulevard. And I had, was had breakfast there and I was sitting there on my tray and I looked up and there was a local pastor's wife sitting there or, or standing there getting her order. And I saw that she saw me. And I really, you know, I really tried to avoid it. She began to circle me like a buzzard. She had her tray. And there she comes. Get closer and she began to land. She landed and said, Hey, Pastor Johnny. And I just looked up at her and I said, Lots of people and lots of money. Because that's really all she wanted to know. She didn't care about how I was doing, my family's doing. She just wanted to know, okay, let's compare. Let's compare. Oh, you're lots of people. Go down. Oh, so I'm at this conference, y'all. Yeah, I remember. I'm in this transition. I'm, 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 a, little, I'm a little mean. I'm, I'm, being kind of, I'm just kind of mean. And I've, I've always spoke the word of the Lord, but this was just kind of, just kind of mean. And there was, a young, there was a guy there. And he had a, tr a, a house church. He had a church up in Melrose, I believe it was. It was about 30 people or so. And so at this big conference, one guy came to him and said, Hey, you need to shut your church down. Let me see if I can tell the story right here. Now. Because it's too small. And I said, What? It's too small. And I felt sorry. I decided to say that to myself. I said, And so he said, Yeah, you need to, you need to shut your church down. And you need, because it's too small. It's too small. I don't think I want to tell this whole story today. <laughs> Maybe you're always keeping me from saying it. But, so it offended me a little bit. I said, well then, you need to shut your church down. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you, you got 300 people. There's churches of 10,000. Your church is too small. <laughs> you know, I'm struggling with telling this. I, I don't, I'm not going to tell it. If you, want, if you want to email me, I'll tell the end of the story, okay? But I just told him this. I said, it's like something you like. You know, big and fake. I'll just tell you that much right there. And you can uh, ask me later. All right. The only. I've come to terms with this after that fiasco of a story. I mean, when, when, the, when the spirit of God keeps pressing, you say, don't do it. Don't do it. No, they'll get it. It's going to be good. I've come to terms with that. My part is in Oak, Florida. Come to terms with it. The only impact 
The only limit to us making an impact is our imagination and our commitment. My life is not important except the impact it has on other people. The God impact. Small gestures are only small in our carnal minds. And small gestures are only small in those whose minds have been poisoned by the harlot's clergy. Telling us that success was more people and more money or more, more, more. This is a big impact that I'm talking about. But I do not suffer. I do not worship big. And most people do. Bigger salary, bigger house, bigger this, bigger that, bigger, 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 big, 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 big. Because we've been told that that is success. And they lied to us. Just like they lied to us about hell and what happens when a man dies and about the origin of what Satan is really all about. All that stuff, they're liars because their father was a liar. And her father said this, you shall not surely die. Well, yeah, you will. You're going to die. And I want to tell you, big, big, it's not something to be worshipped. Somehow, i got to tell you, i got to tell you, and i got to be honest with you. If I came in here this morning and they had to bring chairs out to fit the people, that would be something that would put, make me go retroactive. Oh, shatalabakata. Oh, I'm be honest with you. I'm like, oh, okay, now we're talking. Thank God that he delivered me from the curse that comes along with worshiping big by just not allowing it. And I think maybe y'all might say, well, Johnny, it wasn't me that didn't allow it. You're the one that keeps offending everybody. Maybe so. Maybe so. Danny Bell, Hall, Danny Bell Hall was a singer, gospel singer. If you heard of her, raise your hand. Danny Bell Hall used to sing for Andre Crouch, a little short, stout lady about that big. I was at a cash register one day, and the guy sitting there, standing there, he had a name tag called Andre. Of course, I said, Andre, oh, Andre. I said, man, one of my favorite singers ever and songwriters is Andre Crouch. You ever heard of him? No. You never heard of Andre Crouch? What planet am I living on? Andre had Aunt Danny Bell singing with him. When she went solo, she sang this song. I used to love it. Just ordinary people. My God uses ordinary people. He uses people who would give their all. No matter how small it seems to you. He uses people just like me and you. Who are willing to do what God wants them to or something like that. But because little becomes much when we place it in the master's hand. Let me tell you what. Everything God begins with is small. You began with something small. Microscopic even. Something small develops. The seed of God comes and it's small. But it has the power to grow into one of the biggest bushes there are. Yahweh small always makes a big impact. Do you believe it this morning? I have not even started my message, but I am done. Hard finish. Here's my closing statement. I just feel like reminiscing today, praising God. I've learned a lot in all these years. I've got a lot more to learn. You know, I'm, I'm not weary in well-doing. I'm energized. I have vision. I have hope. I have knowledge, I have, I have an assignment, and 
A guy asked me the other day, he said, are you retired? I said, I don't think I'll ever retire. The only way I'll retire is if, you know, I can't crawl up here probably. Or y'all stop me from crawling up here. Or I'm dead. And really, I'd rather be dead probably. Except for those that I love and you love, you know. But I'm thinking y'all just probably say, okay, next. But I know that as we have grown and we're growing, I'm calling you now. But let's go ahead and be pillars. Let's, for, let's assemble. You may, you may think it's insignificant what you do and who you are. And maybe you don't get any great glory or any great fulfillment out of it. Maybe it can even cause you heartache when you love people and you do things for them. If you have an expectation of some kind of reciprocation. Because they just might not be able to do it. But our reciprocation comes from this. Oh, we're on assignment. We're accomplishing something. Can, can what God's called us to do, can we be satisfied and fulfilled in the fact that it may only be to a small group or a few? I know this. When we are somehow in our walk with God and people have told me that small cannot and does not have an impact, I tell them this. Then try going to bed with a mosquito. God bless you. <laughs>